Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Working Change. This is Nate. And Marla. And uh, sorry for our... Vacation hiatus. Yes, yes. <laughs> we took some time off. Um, but well, we... I don't know if being sick for three months is time off, but it was time off, yeah. Trying to use my reframe skill to look at something oh, sorry. some people might consider a negative. And Miss negativity bias over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yes, we took a vacation. It was wonderful. Yeah, there you go. yeah, yeah. And uh, you are now back uh, in school and mm-hmm. seeing clients. Yeah, so that's a lot of added. Yes, yes. Stuff. Yes, <laughs> but so, no, I'm enjoying it. It's good. Yeah, um, it's it's like drinking out of a fire hose, right? What's bigger than a fire hose? <laughs> that's kind of what it's like okay. drinking out of the swimming pool that's been tilted. Okay. I don't know. It's it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot to. To take on. Yeah. So I was essentially, you know, started working a part-time job on top of school, mm-hmm. on top of family. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So that that whole uh, intro is is meant to... It, well, so it's all about me. I, you know, <laughs> I was always, sick. It's I have, always, it's always, always all about me. Thanks. Um, yeah. So that intro is to let people know we might be doing maybe something along the lines of one podcast a month just to get through this year because it's very busy it's, and uh, yeah. I don't, <laughs> don't want to have false expectations. We've been doing two a month up until our hiatus. Um, and so we'll see how it goes. We might only be able to do one a month just because that's kind of where we're at. So secretly so. I'm like, everybody email Nate and we'll do two a month. Well, <laughs> I guess we'll they could. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess we could do that. It's up for negotiation. Yeah, Let's we'll put see. it that way. We'll see we'll how see. it goes. Yeah. Um, all right. So what are we talking about today? Lying. Lying. Well, slash- you wanted to, you know, Mr. Positivity here wants to talk about honesty. And I want to talk about lying. Okay. But- so it's like the, <laughs> so the lie versus the, the honest versus the lying. Maybe it's like the different side of, of the same coin. Yes. Okay. So, you know, and it was really interesting because we had some maybe personal experience with lying. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've both had personal experience of lying our whole life. Sure. But, um, in our family, we were kind of dealing with this and was looking. I always like to just read a book when I have problems. <laughs> so I'm like a self-help girl. So we came across a book called Lying by Sam Harris. Mm-hmm. And I was all psyched out. And I think I ordered it before even talking to you. And so when I got the book, it was really tiny. <laughs> yeah, it's more like an essay. It, yeah. So I was like, oh, I thought all my like problems were going to be solved by this book. I mean, it had some really great interesting points about Mm -hmm. lying and it is a really quick read um a little bit over the head of maybe like a preteen teen teen, you know early teenager if you want to have like your kids read it or something but it is a good read you know had a lot of really good thoughts deep philosophy kind of stuff Mm -hmm. right so i don't know so kind of basing it off of that it's a this is a interesting philosophical right kind of discussion yeah yeah it is um <clears throat> and I also read the book and and found it interesting. You know, for us being um, being raised uh, with a like Christian background, mm-hmm. when you look at say the Ten Commandments, you're taught at a pretty early age not to bear false witness. Right. So we're we're told not to lie. Right. So you, you know, some people have that kind of built into their um, their childhood and and. Well, and Pinocchio says don't lie. So. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> your, your nose will grow. So, you know, lying is important. I think we do teach our kids not to lie, typically. Um, and, you know, we, you and I had this conversation, so what's the point? Like, why 
Who cares if you lie? Yeah, well, that that's ultimately what we hopefully will be able to present. Unravel today? Yes, at the end of our discussion. Oh, you're going to make me wait till the end. Okay. So maybe we should start with what is a lie? Yes. And you pulled a definition out of the book, right? You don't want to take a stab at it? Well, I mean, it's... It, I think at its its simplest, mm-hmm. a lie is an attempt to deceive. Okay. Yeah. So, yep. That's the way I've always. And I, you know, I like that. I mean, that's easy to like <clears throat> tell everybody. Yeah. But the the book said it, the, a lie is to intentionally mislead others when they expect honest communication. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, intentionally misleading somebody when when they think that you're going to be honest with them. In yeah. How they communicate. So that's an interesting way to even phrase that are there times where people expect us to lie to them yes absolutely i have dealt with people that like i everything that comes out of their mouth i'm like they're lying to me i know well, that they're lying okay so, so the truth is is they, they lie <laughs> okay but but i'm more wondering are there moments where people expect the other person to lie not because they see them as a liar but because because going back to that definition okay so i think is yes but I think that when we – there are different types of lies, I think maybe what we should talk about next. Okay. Well, that's the next piece to this. So yes. let's go right into that then. So the two types of lies are the type where you – you know, you things you do. So they're acts mm-hmm. of commission. The, the next kind is the thing – the good things we fail to do. So like acts of omission. Mm-hmm. So – and then there are different reasons why we lie. Why? What are some reasons why you think we would lie? Well, I think at the most basic level, when I think about kids, it's to like get out of potential trouble. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. To avoid embarrassment, mm. to get out of trouble, um, to like mislead somebody like a competitor. Like, I don't know. I always think of people fishing, you know, my fish was this big. No, no, no. It was this big and it's grown six inches by the next time. You know, I'm better at this. I, I can do this. Or, you know, um, you think of people that are, you know, bidding for jobs and they, they sometimes fabricate or lie about what they can actually give a competitor so they can get a bid okay. to a job. So there's that. There's um, to conceal like a deficit in yourself. You know, you don't want to talk about those embarrassing parts of you or whatever. So you just don't talk about it. You lie about it instead. Um to disguise a wrongdoing, which is would be like to get out of trouble, I think, would yeah. be one. Um, to exaggerate, like the fish story, I think is one. And then because we don't, we, we make promises and we don't intend to keep them is the reason why some people lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this one is the hardest one, which is brings me back to my yes, which is to spare people's feelings. Sometimes oh. we lie because we don't want to hurt feelings. Like, are right. these, do these pants look right. good do on I me, look honey? Fat in this dress? Yes. <laughs> and we don't know what to do in that situation. And so we want to spare feelings. So we lie about it. Yeah. And that's a really interesting concept because are we trying to spare someone's feelings or are we trying to avoid our own discomfort at what being honest could mean for us? Absolutely. And it is the latter. It's we're trying to. Avoid it can be dis- both. Yeah. You know, we might care about the person. No. No. 
I feel like those, those, lo- those leggings look hideous. But the thing is, is that's that, that's a subjective statement. Yes. Like you may think they look amazing and I may think they look terrible. And so then there's kind of this tussle between whose opinion matters. Does anyone – I mean, if I like a pair of pants and everyone else in the world hates them, is it okay for me to just wear them and accept that nobody else likes them but because I like them? I'm, I'm okay with that and I might be ridiculed. Absolutely. I have children that do that already. Okay. All right. <laughs> the confidence of a two-year-old. I'm going to wear this outfit. It doesn't match. It's all crazy. Mm-hmm. But I like it. And right. I think I look great. And I'm going to wear it. Yeah. It yeah. happens all the time. So, I mean, I guess in that in that instance, would you even need to ask somebody else? No. If you're confident. So, that that's the thing. If I'm coming to you and I'm saying, do I look fat in these pants? What I'm probably really trying to say is, honey, do you love me if I wear this? <laughs> Are you ashamed to, to stand next will to you, me if I wear this? Will you own me? Will you a... own me? Yes. I am trying to be vulnerable and ask for your acceptance. Mm. So maybe, you know, women out there, next time you want to ask that, just ask, do you love me? Are you okay with this? Do you want me to stand next to you? You know, do you accept me? Do you love me? Yeah. Well, and there's also a really interesting um, application. So in in the book, Buddha's Brain, that I love so much, um, <laughs> the authors talked about how perception is really interesting. So so they gave an example of, of a building. And let's mm-hmm. say you were on one side of the building and I was on the other side of the building. And we were trying to tell one another over the phone where we were by telling you what the building looked like. And Many buildings look different yeah. on different sides. So we'd be so lost if we had to do exactly. this. Exactly. <laughs> so, so my point is, is, is your perception of what you're seeing because yeah. of your eyeballs and the direction that they're facing and mirrors yeah. and things like that is going to be different than my perception. Mm-hmm. And is it going to be upsetting for me to tell you what I'm seeing if what you're seeing is something different? Absolutely. I okay. just only see what I see. I don't, right. You know, I don't care right. You from see. your angle, it looks amazing. And from my angle, <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, that, that was, that was one of the really uh, interesting things to consider in kind of putting this podcast together is, is someone can tell the truth and their version of their perceptive truth can be different than our version of our perceptive truth. And that's a whole different philosophical oh, discussion. Yeah, you're getting go. a little bit I, I, I know, weeds I know. here, dude. <laughs> but can we be mature enough that we can accept what they perceive and see and either say, okay, well, I'm okay with these, even if maybe you think they look, they don't look great on me. Right. Or are we going to go to a place where we feel, as, as you brought up, not accepted, not loved? You know, so so can we not cross that barrier where someone has a disagreement with someone, something about something that we're wearing or something that we're doing, and not take it to the internalization of I'm not loved or cared for. If this person loved or cared for me, then they would see things the way I see things. Okay. Is that too much? <laughs> It's too much this early. Okay, sorry. All right, I got away. It's myself. easier for you just to, you know, accept it from my perspective. Okay, but I thought we were talking about honesty. Oh, I know. So <laughs> Yes, and so that there's the tricky part of it. it you're right. It, it absolutely like it takes both of us, you know, in this instance. Mm-hmm. You know, honesty is that person though. Yeah. So, okay. 
I, I got us a little off of the beam yeah, path. Nate. You have to, you have to rein, rein me back in. I'm a little ADHD here. Sorry, I'm putting uh, it on you again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, let me walk back onto the path with you. So um, I know something that's going to get you. Okay. Neuropsychology. Yeah. Let's talk about that okay. as far as like the neuropsychology of honesty and lying. I mean, you wanted to talk about more about the neuropsychology of honesty. You had a really interesting study that you were telling me about. Yes. That. Which one? Just pick one then, if it just whatever one excites you at this moment. Okay, um, so there was a study out of the Netherlands. They okay. took, um, I think, a thousand participants, and they kind of looked at what's going on with the brain when we lie. And it appears that lying and honesty both are related, mostly to prefrontal cortex. So the prefrontal cortex is the kind of advanced executive functioning of our brain. So mm-hmm. that's that's what gives us um, abilities that other animals don't have right. so our advanced reasoning our, our future planning all, all sorts of things like that right like the level at which we're able to use this part of our brain um, far exceeds anything else that that any other animals have so you could probably extrapolate <laughs> where this might go when yes. they started to look at people based on age so they found that young kids were the worst at lying, but they also have the least developed prefrontal cortex. Right, you don't begin to lie until like four or five, right. typically. Yeah. Right, and and the, but they already they already sense that that the story has to be believable. So so right. they're starting to kind of put some of these things together, mm-hmm. and then people get really good at lying between eighteen and twenty nine. That's when uh, that's when okay. they are best. Now that doesn't mean that everyone between eighteen and twenty nine is is a great liar, liar. <laughs> but that's where the skill seems to to really peak. Okay, um, and that makes sense because the brain is fully developed typically around twenty five. So and, that and you know, men, yeah, women yeah. is usually earlier. Early. Yeah. But um, but then you're talking about well, where's the decline? And the point they found was oh like, me right here. No. Yeah. Well, no, you're right. Forty five. <laughs> Okay. That's when people I'm start. I'm a little older than 45, now, but, you know. Now, I, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind when I looked at that is development and yeah. survival. Mm-hmm. So when you're a little kid and, you know, you know that dad or mom's going to get mad at you. or And you think or, they're going to kill you because you're little. <laughs> maybe, yeah. They're, they're like, big, oh, great. you know, yeah. What's coming down the pike. Right. That might be more incentive to, to lie. lie. To yeah, you for get, safety. You get mm-hmm. to eighteen and twenty nine. Well, what kinds of things are going on during that time? I'm trying to get married. I'm trying to get a job. I'm exactly. trying to establish myself. I'm making my identity in the world. Mm-hmm. So yes, all of those reasons we talked about why we lie are like at a peak point. You know, right. I'm trying to establish things. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what might be going on is you get closer to forty five. Your life is over. No, I don't know. <laughs> well, you're, well, you know. Cognitive uh, decline is happening. Technically, from like a, a a standpoint of evolution, your life is kind of over. Like women start to hit menopause and things like that. So you've stopped procreating at that point. So your life is kind of over. The next generation is now, you know, moving forward. Right. So, so you're more, maybe more secure. Most people, I don't know most, a lot of people are generally more secure at that age. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you've, you've typically been involved in a stable career and, and you know about right. as much as you're going to know and your cognition is peaked. And so you're kind of on the downhill slope. Right. So right. at that point, there may be less incentive to lie. Like your survival is probably more guaranteed for say a 45 year old versus a six year old. 
So, you know, it brings up an interesting point of like mental accounting, mm-hmm. you know, and mental accounting is this idea that like, it's typically easier to tell a truth than it is to tell a lie. And our brain even knows this. They're like, they, I think they think truth first, and then we think of lies because we have to think about it. We have mm-hmm. to like construct that in our prefrontal cortex area, you know, as far as that goes. So it takes more resources to lie, like yeah. more brain resources to lie than it does to tell the truth. Yeah. We automatically think truth first. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, you know, when you're 45 and you're on the decline, you're thinking, oh my gosh, if I'm lying about this, I'm going to have to remember this. And if I don't have the ability to remember it, I may not want to lie about it yeah. because then I'm going to get caught in the lie. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, a, a, a lie is good when you don't get caught. When, when you get caught, it's a, a disaster. Well, it's probably bad no matter what well, yeah. for us. <laughs> that but... is true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> Sorry. So the, the the idea that like there's mental ca- accounting that takes place in that, I think. And, and that might be why like the 18 to 29 year old bracket is best at it because peak, like you said, peak cognition. They're mm-hmm. able to really keep track of those things, mm-hmm. you know, whereas like a four to five year old is like, can't remember what they did in the morning typically. And a 45 year old is like, I don't really care. Like I'm just living my life. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Mental accounting. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's one of the things that I really uh, valued in my, my path to sobriety. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the first step for most 12 step groups, particularly AA is honesty. Yeah. And, and it's honesty with yourself about the fact that, you know, you have this problem and your life is out of control. And, um, and moving from a place, you know, dishonesty is critical to keeping addiction going. You have yeah. to either cut everybody out because, because, you know, of course, people that love you and care for you are seeing what's going on and they're sad for you and they're trying to help you. So you either have to cut everybody out. So the only people you can keep in your life are, are other addicts or, you know, or, or you're alone. Because you have to lie to everybody else. Right. And and so this process of learning to become honest, which it really is learning to become honest, just like, you know, you teach a young child to be honest. It's it's when you get just swallowed up in addiction and you have to lie. You don't have to lie. You choose to lie in right. order to protect the addiction. Um, you have to relearn how to be honest. And it's it's scary in a lot of ways, but it's also really refreshing to be able to actually start to move towards more authentic living. And and I feel like I had so much more mental space for other things. Mm. And I have to keep track of all this nonsense because I just was living a lie all the time. Wow. So that, I think, for me was what I really connected with. Um, one of the other things in the book that I thought was really interesting is he talked about studies that indicated – that people um, that lie a lot develop um, different. What is what is the verbiage you use? Do you remember the verbiage that he uses? Their the way they view the people they lie to. Well, they start to hate them. They yeah, start to dis- despise them. Yeah, 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 which is fascinating. They become um, a burden almost. Like if you if say you're continually lying to me, you're looking at me and you're like. Man, like just being around her is a lot of work because I have to remember what story I told to her. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate being around her. Yeah, you know? so interesting. And that's fascinating. So, you know, it's interesting because like from a standpoint of maybe like a marriage, if you're having an affair on me and you're having to keep track of everything that you're doing in your affair, of course you wouldn't want to be around me 
because I'm going to ask questions and whatever or not, and you're going to have to lie to me and you're going to have to keep track of those lies. Mm-hmm. So I would be very taxing to be around at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fascinating because like, it's, you know, you're like, some people are, why did he hate me so much? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> because he had to like, remember everything he was lying to you about, you yeah. know? And, and that's very interesting. Yeah. Well, and the, I think that you could take this a step further that, that might even be more fascinating, which is if you grow to dislike the person that you lied to, what does that mean for the person that lies to themselves a lot? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, you don't like yourself very much at that point, you know. I, I think also some some people lie so much that their reality is very skewed. They they don't know what is real anymore. Yeah, there's and, you know, that's that's really hard. Yeah, there's some some concepts associated with narcissism where they kind of recreate um memories and things like yeah. that because they they their lies are so I mean, they're they have woven this just cocoon of lies um, because they don't want to show the world who they are. Right. And, and so all of these lies creates an environment where they no longer know what the truth is. Right. Which is again, very fascinating how that happens. So I'm going to kind of wrap us up. Okay. So what? (laughs) So what Nate? So what? Honesty lying. I think you kind of touched on it though. When we were talking with each other about the so what, so what, you know, who cares if we lie or who cares if you're honest? Um, I think we came up t- to like maybe two really good points. One is the trust. Yeah. You know, people don't trust you when you lie. Yeah. You know, there's that predictability and integrity that we've talked about before. The, the four, two of the four components of trust. Two of the four components, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can't be predictable if you're lying Mm -mm. and there's no integrity there. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really hard to trust somebody who lies. The other one is is the, we talked about was authenticity and vulnerability. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I think for a lot of my, my clients, a lot of people that I work with vulnerability is, is a big challenge. I mean, it certainly was for me. Um, We, we have, you know, we all have these things we're sensitive about but that maybe needs some attention. Right. If we never bring those things to light, then how can we give them the attention they need? And sometimes we would benefit from the input and support of other people with mm-hmm. these things. So bringing these things to light is part of that, I guess you'd say, moving past some of those sins of omission where it could be commissioned too, where there's things that maybe we're not doing or we are doing that we wish we were not. And, right. And we could use somebody's support to help get through those. Right. And I think that that's like... um the struggle that everybody's talking about to be more authentic mm-hmm. to ourselves. We've talked a lot about that, you and I. Um, and maybe, you know, it, it, we just need to be like as authentic, like a two-year-old and, and wear that outfit right. that we like, you yeah. know, and be okay with who we are. Yeah. And, you know, as I was thinking about like the so what thing, another thing kind of came to my mind, which is the role that parents play in their children's lives, mm. which is, if we have to be careful about our expectations for our children, um, of course we want them to, to find success and happiness, but that's based on our own experience and they're different people. Right. Um, and so if, if we're finding that our children are lying to us a lot, there could be different reasons for that. But one of them may be perhaps we are putting on them our own expectations for what we would like them to be. 
and that's not necessarily who they want to be. Right. That, that's a big, deep conversation. Yes, of, maybe a next podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why my kid lies. <laughs> well, I mean, again, How to we, help them. we went back to, you know, survivability. Right. Like you lie to survive. Yep. And and so hopefully you can you can instill within your child a trust of you that that their survival is not based on them being the person that you want them to be. Right. That it's okay to, to like not conceal that deficit. That it's okay to be, this is me. I did this right, it's, and that's and that's yeah. terrifying for you know. We both have children that well, have not even told children. It's that, terrifying as, as an adult, sure. you know, to come to your spouse. You know, there was an interesting study before we wrap up here. Like, oh, we're going we're going back into our <laughs> that that suggested that ten percent of communication between spouses is deceptive, and I was fascinated by that. I was like, I don't think I lied to yeah. Nate. Um, am I deceptive? And I'm and I'm thinking ten percent, like one out of ten times I talk to this man during the day, I'm being deceptive about something. And I thought, wow, I'm gonna have to like take a day and and see what's going on with me. You know, is yeah. that true? I mean, it might be fascinating to look at in your in a marriage. You know, am I being deceptive? Am I you know maybe sparing feelings or or things like that in order to avoid conflict? Yes. Yeah. Avoid or tension. you know be accepted or, or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, survive. Yeah. yeah, it could be. And and even along that with what you're talking about, um, we're terrible lie detectors. There's a huge <laughs> study out of Europe. I think there was over 50,000 participants and they found that people were able to detect a lie about 54% of the time. Well, just at random, you should detect it 50% of the time, meaning that, that they were just better. <laughs> barely better at guessing which was a lie and which was truth than what you would expect at random. I know when they play that, like that thing, two truths and a lie when you introduce people or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm horrible at that. Yeah. Well, I'm horrible, I think, making my lie. So my lies are like super obvious. Right. And everybody's like, what? Well, you know? <laughs> so I guess there's two components there. One is how good of a liar are you? Yes. And two is how good are you at spotting lies? Yes. Most people are probably worse at spotting lies than they realize. And you might know if you're a good liar. So because that's mm. that's kind of a skill that you you develop, and maybe there experience. are some people easier to lie to than others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, we lie to our children. That's a yeah, and that's a that's a Santa that's Claus. a slippery slope. The <laughs> yeah. the best I don't know what the best, but one of the best things a parent can be for their child is dependable, yes. which means honesty. Yeah, um, I have I've had to be careful with. I've had this habit of oh maybe later or mm-hmm. you know with no intention of doing it later and i've and i've tried to stop doing that that's making the promises we don't intend to keep yeah. is one of the lies yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah being able to like tell your children no we're not doing that yeah to, in that moment that's not going to happen whether it's today or tomorrow you know, or, or whatever, whatever. Yeah. yeah if you know for sure that you can't do it in a certain time and that's frame. not sparing that's sparing your feelings so right. you don't have to deal with the temper tantrum right. that might come down yeah, yeah and, exactly. and the the sadness from not getting what you want. Yeah. So, yeah. Very interesting. Okay. Honesty. We're going to be honest. Yes. Yes. Is that a lie? <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. Only you know. <laughs> oh, I can't great. detect whether that was honest or not. <laughs> Thank you. 10% today, folks. I already did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it's good ho- to be back. Yeah. And hopefully that was helpful for people. If you have any questions or anything, again, you can reach out to us at Working Change. Coaching, coaching at gmail.com we'd be happy to answer any questions you might have or if there's future things you'd like us to talk about we would be happy to do that as well thanks Sounds for being good. with us bye